Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healthier with Itisham Ahmed. In this episode, we will be talking about veganism. So what is veganism? Generally speaking, veganism is the practice uh, where people abstain from uh, anything, any type of food, or not even just food, just anything in general that comes from animals. This includes like fur jackets or jackets that have, uh, uh, that have uh, felt in them. Uh, even leather, right? Any kind of leather. Um, even uh, companies that test on animals, right? Uh, some extreme forms of veganism even abstain from comp- abstain from buying anything from companies that test on animals. But in today's episode, I'm not going to be talking about the actual like the, the practice of not wearing certain clothes or not buying from certain products. I'm mostly concerned with the veganism diet, right? Or the vegan diet. Uh, which is basically a diet where you eat nothing uh, but plant-based products, meaning no milk, right? No eggs, nothing that comes from an animal. No cheese, no no dairy at all, no meat, obviously, right? Uh, so, um, so the veganism diet is getting really, really popular in the Western world. We're even coming up with uh, uh, Beyond Meat, which is uh, essentially... Uh, you you guys have probably seen it before, but I'm just going to kind of explain it anyways. It's basically um, plant-based meat where it's it's designed to simulate actual meat, but it's, uh, but it's really not. It's made of plants. Uh, there's a lot of people who have their skepticism about these products. They, they, they say that it's very, very processed. It's terrible for you. It can cause cancer. It can do this. It can do that. So... Uh, so we'll talk about that as well a little bit. But first, let's talk about the benefits and the harms of the vegan diet. Now, when you decide to become a vegan and you decide to have a vegan diet, essentially what you're doing now is walking on a tightrope. So you can still sustain a very healthy, uh, you, you can be very, very healthy through a vegan diet. But you can even be healthier than someone with the uh, traditional omnivorous diet. Uh, the, the reason for this is because you're cutting out a lot of processed stuff. And uh, if you talk to, any, uh, talk to any vegan or anyone who just started uh, being vegan, the first month, they feel amazing. They feel just great. They feel full of energy, right? And uh, the reason for that probably is that they've cut out everything processed from their diet. Right, so a lot of the meat that we find in grocery stores is processed, right? Uh, even like milk, um, uh, like many products, right? And almost like I, I, I guess like seventy percent of grocery items are processed, right? Heavily processed. So uh, once they cut that stuff out from their diet, the first month they feel amazing, right? They feel just great because now they're consuming everything natural, right? They're consuming everything that their body's meant to metabolize and digest. So, uh, so that's the reason that, you know, they feel better. So what is some evidence of uh, the vegan diet being healthy? There is a journal um, published in 2019. Uh, it's titled The Effects of Plant-Based Diets on the Body and the Brain, a Systematic Review. Uh, one of the authors for this is uh, Evelyn Mandawar. And um, it talks about the effects of different um, health problems that um, that the veganism, the, the, the vegan diet, can prevent. 
an, an example it gives here um, is relating to the gut bacteria, right? Essentially, it talks about, I talked about this in my previous episode as well, uh, about the relationship between gut bacteria and the brain. Uh, this is called the, the gut-brain axis. So uh, there's been uh, some evidence that suggests that a vegan diet is very beneficial uh, for the brain and it helps, um, it helps uh, you know, your brain health, right, essentially. Uh, it, it talked about uh, IQ and cognitive abilities as well, but it mentioned that uh, there's, yet, there's uh, yet to be enough uh, studies right, on the cognitive function or the IQ um, of uh, the IQ effects of the veganism diet. Uh, but there are uh, effects of the gut-brain axis, right, through the veganism diet. In my uh, previous episode, I also talked about uh, prebiotics, and I mentioned that high-fiber diets act as prebiotics. Prebiotics, essentially, I'll, I'll just repeat what it is, prebiotics are foods that improve the ecosystem in which your gut lives in. Right, so your gut requires certain foods. It requires a certain environment for it to thrive. Right, uh, so your gut bacteria thrive in 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 specific environments. And eating prebiotics, right, helps your healthy gut bacteria to thrive. And the veganism diet is full of plants. And a lot of plants means a lot of fiber. Right, and fibers act as amazing prebiotics. So. Um, Vegans essentially are, well, it's, it's part of their diet that they, they eat a lot of fiber. And that essentially helps their gut-brain axis, right? Uh, so you could, you could look more into this. I just mentioned like, like 10% of the journal is a really brief, it's a very, it's not a brief, sorry. It's a very descriptive journal, so you guys can check that out as well. And then there's another, um, there's another, more, there's another more recent um, journal that I think is, uh, that contains a little bit more relevant information. This one's titled Vegan Diet Health Benefits in Metabolic Syndrome. So metabolic syndrome uh, essentially is uh, like a multitude of factors, right, uh, that cause cardiovascular disease. This includes obesity, this includes your cholesterol levels, this includes your blood sugar levels, your blood fat levels. So all these things together are considered metabolic syndrome. So someone with metabolic syndrome uh, is probably obese, probably has high blood sugar, has high blood fat high cholesterol, so on and so forth, right? So it talks about how the vegan diet helps in metabolic syndrome. So how it helps these different metabolic factors that I mentioned and how it puts them at a healthy range. Uh, this uh, journal, uh, one of the um, authors for this journal is uh, Guila Marone. And uh, it mentions that um, it mentions that it has uh, a very beneficial effect uh, on the on the uh, risk of developing uh, cardiovascular disease, and it decreases the risk of cardiovascular disease by substantial amount, right? And it uh, so I'm I'm just gonna quote it here. It says a vegan diet generally reduces the risk of developing chronic non-communicable degenerative diseases, right? So this uh, encompasses many diseases, and it says such as metabolic syndrome. And so metabolic syndrome is the one that's the one that uh, the one that's heavily studied, right? But it also includes many other types of diseases that fall into that same category. Uh, so this is this is huge, right? So uh, so so far, you know, we we're seeing a lot of evidence of uh, how this vegan diet is beneficial for you. And if you search up right 
uh, vegan diet health effects, you'll most like you'll mostly see like on Google if you search it up, even if you search it up on uh, PubMed or the National Library of Medicine, you'll see um, a lot of articles talking about the the beneficial effects, and you won't see many talking about the harmful effects. But within the journals that talk about the beneficial effects of the vegan diet, it will talk about some some disclaimers, right? It'll talk about uh, some disclaimers that come with uh, some disclaimers or uh, harmful effects that come with the vegan diet. Now, all of these journals that I mentioned, they are under the assumption that you follow the vegan diet in a healthy manner, right? What does that mean? So I'm going to get into that. So I mentioned in the beginning of my episode that following a vegan diet is essentially like walking on a tightrope. What you've done is you've put yourself in a position where you're very, very susceptible to having many deficiencies, right? One of the biggest uh, areas of concern with the vegan diet is protein. And you you probably heard a lot, right, from from many people, um, nutrition experts or not. They, they mentioned like, oh, how with a vegan diet, right, you're just eating grass all the time. You're not eating any meat. You're not eating any protein, right? You can't, you're going to be skinny. That's not exactly true. You can get plenty of protein from being, uh, from uh, having a vegan diet. The thing is, it's much easier to fulfill your protein requirements by eating meat, right? It's easier, but it's not impossible to fulfill your protein requirements by being a vegan. So I think in one of my earlier episodes, I talked about protein quality, or I must be tripping, but essentially this comes down to protein quality right? Um, This means that, so uh, what is protein quality? Higher protein quality means that a particular food, right, contains all, uh, contains all the amino acids, right, that your body needs in the correct proportions, right? So, um, so meat generally has high protein quality. Different meats vary in protein quality, but meats generally have very high protein quality. It means that they contain all the amino acids that your body requires to function. Now, if you go to plants, plants do not have high protein qualities, uh, uh, protein quality, right? Um, so, uh, especially uh, the sulfur-containing uh, amino acids, right, like uh, cysteine and methionine, plants generally uh, don't contain it, right? Most plants do not contain uh, these sulfur-containing amino acids. So you have to be very, very specific and you have to be very careful, right, that you are consuming the correct amount of proteins um, and the correct amount of amino acids, right? Generally, what people do is, uh, I forgot the word for this, um, but essentially what they do is they take a food, so let's say, you know, we have two, uh, two types of proteins, right? Protein A contains every single amino acid except cysteine, right? So every single amino acid except cysteine. And then we have another piece of protein or another food that, with protein in it that contains every single amino acid, including cysteine, but not including methionine. So one of them includes cysteine, one of them includes methionine, right? Um... Uh, sorry, well, one of them does not include cysteine and one of them does not include methionine, but, you know, they include everything else. So if you consume both of them, you consume cysteine, which our food A did not have, and we're consuming methionine, right, which food B did not have. So this way we are supplementing the necessary amino acids uh, that we need. 
And that is how you do veganism right. You need to be very careful that you're eating the correct types of protein and the correct amounts of each uh, protein-rich food. Now, if you're not a vegan, you don't need to worry about this because meat generally contains every single type and you'll be good, right? You should be fine. Um, uh, unless you have a, uh, a metabolic condition or a condition that prevents you from absorbing certain amino acids. But, but that, that's, I'm, I'm talking about the general healthy population, right? So that essentially is the big, one of the bigger challenges for uh, veganism. Another big challenge is that there are a lot of fats and a lot of uh, micronutrients like vitamins, minerals, etc. that are contained within meat, right? Meat is very rich of these things. But for plants, right, they do not contain every single one of them, right? So you have to get your iron from here. You have to get your uh, vitamin C from here. You have to get your vitamin B from there, right? You have to go all around and get a nice variety of foods to fulfill each requirement. Whereas if you just eat meat, you'll get a lot of them out of the way, right? You'll, you'll tackle all of them, right? So uh, if you are a vegan, right? Now, I don't know which foods are the best. Uh, from my understanding, um, I know that a lot of uh, vegan people, they eat quinoa. Quinoa is very protein rich, right? Um, chickpeas, a lot of beans, right? So different. So if you eat different types of beans, you'll take care of a lot of your protein requirements, right? So these are, um, these are the challenges you might face as a vegan, right? Uh, some people choose to be vegan for health reasons. Some people choose to be vegan for ethical reasons. Some people choose to be vegan for religious reasons. Um, if you choose to be vegan for a health reason, right? If you are, you know, uh, part of the normal, uh, part of the general population, right? That does not suffer from, uh, that does not suffer from, you know, any kind of conditions. Assuming that you are part of that population that does not have any conditions and is generally healthy, right? You might not need to con uh, to start a vegan diet to feel better or to feel healthier, right? There's easier methods, right? Um, and there, there's methods that require less commitment that you can do to improve your health. So veganism is not required and it's not necessary to be healthy. That's what I mean. If you must, then you, you should, right? Uh, but it's not required. It's not a requirement. So it's not like everyone should be vegan and they'll feel better. That's, that's not necessarily true. You can be vegan if you want, but you don't need to do it to feel better. Now, people who are there for religious reasons and ethical reasons, that I understand. And uh, for those, right, these are the challenges that they're faced with. But generally speaking, I mean, there's many, many uh, vegan people out there. And, uh, you know, people are more aware of how to be a healthy vegan, right? And I, I, whenever I'm scrolling on Instagram, I see a lot of chefs that are vegan and they make these vegan meals. And a lot of them contain many different types of beans and uh, a variety of different, uh, you know, plant foods. So, so that is, uh, so, so that, that's very, that's, that's very good because... You know, people are becoming more aware of these things, right? So definitely do your due diligence if you decide to become a vegan, right? So uh, there is, uh, so the, the biggest, vegans say that, you know, the biggest reasons uh, that they convert to, or, you know, the, the, this is their kind of weapon towards people who are omnivorous, right? This is their biggest point, right? This is what they have against us. They say that, uh, 
red meat, right, or meat in general, uh, will increase your cholesterol. Uh, this is actually a common, it's not really a misconception, but it is a misleading fact that people think that meat will increase your cholesterol, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, fat does not even necessarily increase your cholesterol, right? Your cholesterol is actually controlled by your liver, right? It's purely controlled by your liver. If you eat less cholesterol, your liver, your liver will create more cholesterol. It will do this to tackle the lack of cholesterol that you're eating because it is trying to achieve homeostasis. Essentially, homeostasis is like the balance, your, your body being in a balance, right? So there's this uh, article. So I'm going to talk about lean meat first. So uh, there's this article. It's, it's quite old, but it's still very descriptive and very uh, scientifically relevant. It's titled uh, Lean Meat and Heart Health. It's by uh, Duo Lee. Uh, one of the authors is Duo Lee. And uh, it says that, um, it mentions that lean meat, right? So back in, this was released in 2005, right? So back then, the general idea was that saturated fats are bad for you and saturated fats will increase cholesterol, right? So here it says that lean meat, meaning meat that, uh, you know, there's parts of the cow that are parts of the any animal that contains very little fat. So that's essentially lean meat. So lean meat, uh, contains very little saturated fat, right? And uh, studies have shown that lean meat does not increase your cholesterol levels. As a matter of fact, it does not increase any of the cardiovascular uh, disease pro uh, disease risk factors, right? As a matter of fact, it actually does the opposite. So it helps your cholesterol levels, and it is a good source of you know your proteins, as I mentioned, your fatty acids, your vitamins. So vitamin B twelve is very very prevalent in meat. And uh, it's very, very important, right? So iron, niacin, zinc, all of these micronutrients are very, very important. And they're very um, present in your lean meat. So, uh, you know, saying that meat is bad for you because red meat increases your cholesterol. Well, not necessarily because it shows here and there's evidence. So this, this is like a review, right? This is not primary uh, evidence. This is a review. And it, there's, there's quite a bit of evidence that suggests that lean meat, right, which you know, uh, which is meat without fat, right, does not uh, harm your heart, but it actually improves your heart health, right? So already saying that meat is bad uh, does not hold 100% true, right? So I talked about lean meat. Now let's talk about saturated fats, right? We, uh, we know that meat contains a lot of saturated fats. And that's another, you know, one of the biggest problems that... Uh, uh, people who follow a plant-based diet have against um, people with omnivorous diet. So there's uh, a review here titled "Saturated Fats, uh, Saturated Fats and Health: A Reassessment and Proposal for Food-Based Recommendations, GACC State-of-the-Art Review." Okay, one of the um, one of the authors is Arnie Astrup. Right, and this was released and doesn't say the date. Oh, yeah, it was, this was released in 2020, so this is very, very recent, right? So, our understanding of cholesterol and fats is actually quite recent, right? I'm talking the past five years, we have learned a lot about saturated fats and how these things affect our metabolic health, right? And it mentioned that uh, your saturated fatty acid intake is not directly. Uh, related or is not a causal and is not a direct causal factor of having increased 
uh, cholesterol, right? When I say increased cholesterol, I mean increased bad cholesterol, right? We know there's good cholesterol, we know there's bad cholesterol. So uh, your saturated fast does not necessarily increase your bad cholesterol, which is your LDL, right? Low density lipoprotein. So, um, so uh, it says that you know it's not directly related. Now, it it kind of elaborates a little more on that, and it says that there. Well, what about the all the evidence that we've had before about saturated fatty acids? Well, it mentioned that uh, you know your uh, your heart related health, right? When you when you look at a certain diet or a certain food or uh, a specific macronutrient, right, in, which is saturated fats, fatty acids in this case, if you look at a specific one, you need to consider the entire diet, right? So one, um, one study might be studying, um, you know, uh, people who are intaking a lot of saturated, saturated fatty acids through meat, and then other people could be looking at eating a lot of saturated fatty acids from fast food. One study could be looking at a lot of saturated fatty acids from plants. And one person could be looking at the amount of saturated fatty acids from uh, having a high-fat diet, including uh, uh, eating visible uh, animal fat, right? So since all these four diets that I mentioned are very, very different, if you see evidence of... Uh, uh, you know, cardiovascular problems in one or a couple of those diets and not in the other ones, you can't blame saturated fatty acids. You need to look at the entire diet. And that is the biggest problem that we've had with all the uh, evidence that we've had so far about saturated fatty acids. So uh, what it says here is that saturated fatty acids does not have a direct causal relationship, right? Uh, it does increase your LDL, but there's a caveat, it increases a certain type of LDL, which is large LDL molecules, which don't really cause um, cardiovascular disease risk, right? And, you need to, and it also mentioned that you need to look at the entire macronutrient distribution of the diet to take a look at uh, how this thing might affect your cardiovascular health. And it mentions at the very end of the abstract, right, in the conclusion of the abstract, it mentions that saturated fatty acids is not necessarily bad for you. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, if you have if you eat whole fat dairy, if you eat unprocessed meat, so that means meat straight out of the butcher, right? Not packaged in a grocery store. Um, if you eat that, if you eat dark chocolate, if you eat saturated fatty acids rich food with a complex uh, macronutrient profile, meaning that it has a wide range of macronutrients in there, those can actually uh, those will actually not increase your uh, risk of cardiovascular disease, right? Those diets, those foods are good for you, even though they're high in saturated fatty acids, right? So you need to consider the entire, uh, the entire food and everything contained in the, within that food or within that diet. And then you can, you know, think about why saturated fatty acid might be bad for you, right? So all it does here is to provide a new perspective, is to tell you that there are foods that are rich in fat, saturated fatty acids that can actually be good for you. So unprocessed meat, right, contains all your micronutrients. It contains saturated fatty acids, but it contains all your micronutrients, right, a lot of your amino acids, right, uh, and a reasonable amount of fat, which is considered healthy, which is considered good for you, right? So um, this is something we should really consider when we talk about fats are bad for you or saturated fatty acids are bad for you, right? And this was definitely a paradigm shift, especially when I've when 
when I've studied uh, nutrition uh, in in university, I was blessed with an amazing um, professor. Uh, I, I, I um, his name was uh, Professor David Ma. Uh, so he's been amazing, right? And uh, he he used to teach us. Uh, basically, his style of teaching was he used to tell us both perspectives, and he didn't used to take a side, even though you know he might be more inclined to believe one side. He just gave us both sides. He gave us evidence for both sides. He gave us the facts, right? These are the facts currently. These are the undeniable facts that we have currently. And based on that, you can make a judgment, right? And this is what we've yet to know. And this is what we know, right? So this is how you should consider nutrition. You can't think of it as black and white. Saturated fatty acids are bad for you. No, there's caveats to everything. And there's a spectrum. There's a gray area always right uh so uh so that's uh where that's how i'll conclude this episode right uh to kind of give you a bigger perspective on veganism and how to assess whether something is good for you versus something is bad for you right i hope this was helpful i hope this was informative and i hope this gave you a new perspective or a new um it showed you you know uh a new side to things and I hope that you're being critical about this and I hope that you, you know, you doubt me and you search it up for yourselves and you make your own judgment and your own informative, uh, informed decisions, All right? So I'll end it here. Uh, take care, guys.